The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell, and we have Sarah Time in here. And we have got some of the biggest news in real estate, I would say, in the past 20 years, or at least since Zillow has been around. And before we get into all that, again, we work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. We are the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. We are streaming live on Facebook and YouTube, thanks to Nick Wolf behind the camera. And ladies, like this, this is... This is big enough news. I had to actually like bring an announcement to the team like immediately after it happened. So if you've been living under a rock or you don't pay attention to real estate, which could be a lot of people, Zillow had their Q3 earnings call last week and CEO Rich Barton came out and said, hey, we're done with iBuying. The program's over. We're not going to be doing it anymore. We're laying off 25% of our staff. And we're going to liquidate these 7,000 houses that we own because they were losing money on every single one of them because they overpaid. There's a lot to unpack here. Initial thoughts. What do you think about all this? Give, give us your reactions. Um, I mean, I think it it's a, it's a bit of a shock. But as we've talked about in some of our, our previous um, episodes here, we knew that Zillow was overpaying for a lot of those homes. We knew that like this, we expected it to be a little bit of a dip and we knew that there would be um, a bit of an issue there. And their game strategy, I think, had been we're going to bounce back from this and and come back. Um, so it's it's not a total shock, but the fact that as of like a month ago, they were still moving along strong with it and didn't really give a lot of indicators that this was the move that they were going to make. It was, I mean, it definitely is is big news. Yeah, totally. Uh, last week, we talked about them kind of pausing yes. their iBuy program. So um, how quickly this turned into a complete and utter shutdown of the whole thing. And I thought you were going to say something else, but <laughs> go ahead. No, I, I, to me, that was a little shocking because I thought that they would slow roll it to mm -hmm. a complete shutdown of it. Um, but wow, it was like overnight, they just pulled the plug. So to me, it was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they were overpaying for, or I should say running up the, um, the, the purchase price of homes. And you have to wonder why they were doing that. Did, did they have an ulterior motive? Um, it just didn't pan out for them though. So there's a couple of companies that are probably very happy with the news. Um, they're competitors. Yeah, for sure. So, um, it's good news for them, bad news for Zillow and bad news for the 25% of the workforce that's being laid off. That, that's probably the most unfortunate part about all this, because when you and, and just to kind of hit on that here, I mean, it's been a it's been a rocky 20 months for anyone that's been in the like looking for a job or, or in the employment, you know, try, trying to find a new place to work. And you think when you go to work for a company like Zillow or Saturday Night Live is making fun of them and, and, and not making fun, but actually like parrying how the concept of looking for homes online and what it does for people. And it's a publicly traded company and their stock prices in the low hundreds. If you hear all this stuff, you probably don't think you're going to get laid off. So that's that that is a, a tough part about all this. And I don't want to minimize that. 
So I, I certainly feel for all those folks that that lost their jobs. Um, what I am clear on is that they'll, they'll probably land somewhere else. Zillow does look for some pretty intelligent people to work with them. We work obviously pretty closely with Zillow. So I know what their em, em employees are like. So uh, did either of you guys listen to the, the earnings call? I did not listen okay. to that. I didn't, I didn't think you did. I'm, I'm probably the only nerd that did listen to an earnings call and like log in. It was actually a week ago today, right after our show. And if you heard this call, I've seen Rich Barton speak in person. I've seen him speak virtually. This, I have never heard this guy so nervous. At one point, he choked on a cough drop in the middle of the call and had to get someone else to like jump in for him. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> and that told me a couple things. One, he really underestimated realtors in, in this situation because his whole thing was, we're smarter, our algorithm's better. And we're going to automate this. And I would argue that Zillow is probably smarter than most people. And, and I'm not saying they're, they're not, but they, they lean so heavily on the algorithm and not understanding the unique local parts of the market where, you know, we know that one home on one side of the street will sell for more than the home on the other side of the street. I don't know that the algorithm actually accounts for that, right? I mean, think about neighborhoods like Philadelphia where it's like block to block things change or some of the places where like this side of the street, you back up to a highway and this side, there's a park behind you. Like th that's going to affect value. And I, I, I'm clear they did not put that into their algorithm because they couldn't do it. And what I, what I'm also clear on is that, you know, you look at his history of working with Expedia and changing the travel agent industry. Well, that there's not that local knowledge. There's not that local piece that, that, that comes into travel agent booking versus, selling real estate. So where they made a mistake was they underestimated the people that know what they're doing. Now, granted, 87% of agents are out of the business in five years. So we'll talk about the 13% that can last longer than five years. Those are the folks that I, I would say he underestimated. And what I'm clear on also is that the reason he was so nervous is because they didn't come out and tell everyone the real plan, which the real plan is going to, they, they said on the call that, hey, we're going to lean into our agent partnerships. That's how we became successful. So, which tells me a couple things we'll get into, but the real plan I would, I would imagine is there's probably like an 18 to 24 month run. And then you're going to see Zillow start to really hire agents on the local level. That that's what I kind of see happening here because they have a plan. You don't shut down this division where you say that's the future of the company without a plan. He just didn't come out and say it. Okay. What's your thought on that? I know that's very interesting, but I, I agree with you about he underestimated uh, the human aspect of it. He to they totally disregard that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's a, a major human aspect, <laughs> a human part to buying and selling real estate. Um, and he, he said it put Zillow in a position of having to negotiate with consumers for their most emotionally and financially valuable asset. So, you know, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. We provide that value-added service. It's uh, there's a big human part to the whole equation of buying and selling real estate. And if you don't have that, then it's a hollow. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that part of it. Right. I think it, the agents. it had created confusion for the consumers just for like, what role do they play here? What do I expect out of them? Um, a lot of people, I mean, a majority of people use Zillow at some point, whether or not they're actually actively looking or this is just a pastime, as in the SNL skit. <laughs> um, so I think it, it created, it created some blurred lines and, um, I don't think that Zillow was totally anticipating, 
um, exactly like you said, the role that the actual agent plays in it and all of the emotions that go into it. Well, you, you can't manage emotions with an algorithm and some project manager sitting in Denver or Seattle or, or somewhere else um, or working from home because they're still not even back yet that are trying to navigate people through these things. And, you know, let, let's compare a project manager versus a salesperson. Like, think about who they're dealing with. So you have someone, let's say they they bought the home, they, they went and bought your property, Stacy or Sarah, and you're trying to get answers out of them and they have no empathy. There's no tonality. They're like, oh, here's what it is. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the emails that come back and forth from these companies and they're, they're very curt and to the point. And while someone like me could probably deal with that and be fine, that's not most people, right? I mean, that that's how my personality works. And you're, you're not going to get that empathy. And a great salesperson, they listen. And you know that that's actually the, the biggest complaint people have is they never hear from their agent or their agent doesn't listen to them. I, I don't know how someone that's not trained to do that is going to have that, that, that skill set. And, you know, they weren't hiring salespeople. They were hiring people to like manage projects basically. So that's where this fell through. And, and again, they were, they were overpaying dramatically. I mean, and the, you know, the market's also shifting too. And that's, I, I don't know how they didn't identify that was going to happen. I mean, that, that to me is even a bigger issue because not that the prices are going down, they're just not escalating as fast as they were. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. I, we've noticed, um, a slight shift in the market locally. And again, you know, real estate is local. Um, so I think that is where uh, things went sideways too. Um, but Open Door, that's the one of their competitors. Yes. Um, they're, you know, they've been doing the iBuy for what, seven years? No, that was the other company. Right, right. Um, and they, they're doing very well. So um, their business plan's a little different, I'm sure, because they're succeeding. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, to me, it still came as a, a, as a shock because it happened so quickly. I think that's where, yeah, I think I that was open surprised. door was, um, a little bit more strategic and conservative in, in what they were doing and they weren't, um, just trying to outbid everyone. You know, they were, they were being a little bit more selective, um, of the, the homes that they, they went through the iBuyer process with. Well, and, and you look at a company like Open Door, I mean, they're not saying anything about shutting their doors. Now they're traded at a lower stock price. So maybe that says something about the eye buying industry in general, because mm-hmm. the 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 real thing here coming out of that earnings call, and I, I do agree with you, there's other eye buyers that operate locally. I mean, I get texts and emails all the time, like, hey, can I buy your house? I mean, the the, the spam that comes from this has is, is been, you know, there's companies like We Buy House or, you know, like, they're, like all over the place. We don't need to go through them all. So knowing knowing that, I I do agree that other companies are making money there. And what Zillow said is that, hey, we're going to lean into our agent partnerships, which I think is some foreshadowing about what's going to happen for realtors Q1, Q2, even right now. I mean, because Zillow's got to get their stock price back up. I mean, they went from, and then this is the the reality here, they went from $105.72 a share on October 29th. And since this announcement, they've been trading between $65 and $69 a share. Wow. And do you know what the main job of a CEO is? To make the stock price go up. So clearly after this news, they're going to have to go back and make this money up. And there's got to be a plan to do it. And they did all the, you know, they weren't, they weren't iBuyers until the past couple of years. When Barton came back in as CEO, that was different. But when Spencer Raskoff was there and Greg Schwartz, and they were working with agents very closely, that's when the company really rose to, to prominence more than anything else. So to me, this is like a back to basics moment and they're just going to have to reevaluate their business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's not forget, they they acquired Showing Time. Yep. So I think that just 
finalized and closed. They have dot loop. Yep. So they position themselves to to really be in a brokerage or to be a brokerage. Um, so I think they're just going to sit back and reevaluate uh, and figure out what what went wrong. Uh, I think they have a good idea. Um, but this is definitely not the end, of course, to Zillow. Uh, they're just going to, um, you know, figure out where things went wrong, uh, reposition themselves, because showing time is huge. Yeah, that, you know what's so funny much is data. Yeah, in and, time. and you, a lot of these MLSs, including Bright, said, "Hey, you know, so showing time is a showing app. Just for people that are listening, you can schedule showings. It's super easy to do. It's right through the MLS. All the realtors and." We'll talk about the real little reaction next year because I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Showing time, like you can see in real time, like how many people are looking at the home. Um, Sarah, you were there today at our training when Andres from our team, he turned the video on himself to show how many appointments or onto the showing time app to show mm -hmm. how many appointments were in there to help his buyers understand the demand for a property because some people don't believe it. And he said, well, here's the, now, I thought this was really smart. Um, right. And I got kind of glossed over at the meeting. But it was like the calendar was all the, all the way full with appointments. So you have so much real-time data there. And a lot of these MLSs said, hey, we're going to look into another solution. When This was like announced like a year ago. I think we talked about this before you we went out on maternity leave and, and nothing's happened. So that's a really great point. And Loop also has like the real-time data of when homes are going under contract. So there, there is a data play here to help you know Zillow empower agents if they're going to really partner with them like they are with like flex partnerships and other things. And even, I mean, that is a, it's a huge number of people that they're letting go, 25%, I think 200,000 people. Um, but they are, for the number of people that they hired when they started doing Great this point. iBuyer um, business, it was, it was more than that. They're not just like letting go the same amount that they brought in. So they plan on kind of shuffling these people around a little bit, putting them into some other departments. So I think they absolutely do have a, a strategy in mind and a plan in place. And um, they're not going to let this sink their ship. <laughs> well, and and I mean, they're going to, I am so clear. I mean, we did, we did like a video about this. I, I did an announcement for the team because I think, I don't think even a lot of people knew this was going on. And, you know, to me, there's three things that I take away from this. And then I, I'd love to talk about the real order reaction in a second here. Then maybe we'll break and come back and talk about what this means for for the market too, is that one um, that they're going to lean into agent partnerships. That was very clear from the call. So especially anyone that's like a flex partner right now. I mean, it, it, to me, this is like the moment you've been waiting for by aligning yourself with Zillow and, and being a partner with them because they're, they now need the partners more than they ever did before because their stock price is tanking, horrible earnings car, horrible PR. Like people like Jim Cramer are saying, I'm never going to own Zillow stock again. Like, I mean, that's just one of the headlines, yeah. right? Um, the real deal said like, hey, hey, estimates are a joke. We were just guessing, I think was the headline or, or something mm -hmm. like that. So the the press has been bad. Um, so they're going to lean into agent partnerships because agents are the ones that, you know, have, have gotten them there in the first place. The second thing is that I'm clear they are going to roll out that brokerage model at some point. Now, who knows what that looks like? I mean, it could be a franchise. It could be something where they have agent partners that they only work through in, in the different markets. I mean, but there's going to be some sort of movement towards becoming more of a brokerage because they're already licensed in all the states. And then the third is that if you are a flex partner right now, you got a window of opportunity to sell a ton of houses. And this is what people aren't talking about. And I want to get into the real realtor reaction next because I don't know how, and I know there's varying levels of activity on social media for each of us here. But if you watched like what realtors were saying all last week, to me, it was so short-sighted 
And people were not getting what this actually meant uh, because everyone was like, aha, Zillow, maybe you should have hired a realtor. Ha ha ha. Like you should. I mean, it was like the dumbest stuff I've ever seen because it's an earnings call, right? That's a PR move, but you've got to read between the lines and understand what's coming for the market. So, you know, obviously you two ladies are in the real estate business. What, what, what does this mean for you? I mean, uh, you know, let's talk about your reaction here because I don't, I don't buy that a lot of realtors really understand this and they're just kind of hating on Zillow because it's the easy thing to do and they didn't really understand how to leverage them in the first place. I mean, I, I feel like as though Zillow is still a very important tool and it's still something that people are going to continue to use. So I think it, it shows to the importance of the realtor themselves without you having to like talk smack on Zillow, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, (laughs) it, it shows like why you are important. And I know like all along, one of the most common things you'll get if you go to a, a listing appointment or, you know, even with buyers, when you're talking about any particular home, they're like, oh, this estimate. Mm-hmm. And we're always like, you can't go off of this estimate. Let me show you the real data, the mm-hmm. real information. Um, so I think that it just is continuing to leverage our importance and our value. Um, but Zillow is going to continue to be around and will continue to be a tool and a good place to get information um, and a good a good partner. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I think it spells opportunity. Um, if you're, you know, the agents that are out there, you know, hating on Zillow and talking smack, mm, I don't know that if that's a good move. Um, th- you have to look at it differently. Think of it of, of the opportunity. They have what, 7,000 homes that yep. are, they're going to have to unload. That's a drop in the bucket. That, yeah, it is. But there's opportunity if you, especially if, I mean, we're partners with mm-hmm. Zillow. Yeah, so full disclosure, for us, yes. Yeah. I mean, for us, I, you know, I'm looking forward to it, actually. <laughs> so uh, I think there's um, definitely opportunity coming our way. People will always use Zillow. It is a tool. It's the first thing that people go to, you know, when you're going out there. Well, this home, this estimate was this. And why is it per- why is it priced at this? On both sides, on the buy and the sell side. Everybody looks at Zillow. Um, so that's pretty much the go-to for anything real estate related. So they're not going away. Zillow is not going anywhere. You know who wasn't talking about the Zillow earnings call last week? Who's that? Consumers. Right. It is not on their radar. <laughs> they don't even care. Yep. Unless they're a Zillow stockholder, they probably don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, last month, 226 million people, unique visitors, went to Zillow's website. Not, that's September, not October. Um, and they've got all the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. That's where people are going. No, unless you have a connection to a local agent, and we know the statistics, 72% of people say they would use their agent again. Only 14% of agents actually keep in touch. So for all those people that are laughing and and joking around, Zillow's got the eyeballs. They have the market. 226 million unique visitors. Uh, I mean, the, the latest quarter, they generated 339 million in revenue. That's not from, and that that's from Premier Agent and Flex Partnerships. Um, so when you look at the numbers here, how are they going to make this money back? I, I think it's, it's, it's obvious to me, this is what they're going to be doing. And consumers weren't talking about this at all. It was only the agents mm-hmm. that have nothing better to do. Maybe they should have picked up the phone and made some calls and they wouldn't be complaining about Zillow. Right. I, I mean, you guys are I laughing guess. cause you know how I feel about this, but this is, this is the reality of the situation. So I don't see Zillow going anywhere. I'm not a financial advisor. I'd be buying this stock right now, knowing this one stock in particular. I already did. I talked to my uh, financial advisor like the day after, and I said, we're buying more. We had, get, we had bought some previously when they were in the mid-30s. So 
like those. And again, I'm not a financial advisor. Don't take my advice. I think we need to say that like four times and underline it, Nick, in the uh, transcription here. But I mean, this, there, there's opportunity here and Zillow's not going away. I mean, where are consumers going to go? Are they going to go to realorder.com? Absolutely not. No one even knows what that is in most cases. Where, where are they going to go to get information? Maybe Redfin. But I mean, when you just Google, I mean, let's let's, uh, you know, let's Google. Uh, we'll take a web, uh, just any address here. And look what's going to come up, right? It's going to be Zillow. Zillow. It's going to be at the top of the of the search results. Yep. And that's where consumers are going. They're mm-hmm. following Google and these other places. They're going to bypass the ads. First thing that comes up, Zillow, Realtor, Redfin. And just when you Google an address, any address anywhere, that's what comes up. So to me, Zillow's not going away. This is the moment for, if you if you are working with Zillow and you're not one of the haters, like you smack talkers, whatever you want to call them. I mean, we have some, maybe some other things we could call them later. This is the moment where you need to actually like triple down on your business and like make the calls, send the texts, hit your outreach attempts, make sure everyone's on a property drip, all those things, the basics that agents talk about, because you're going to be able to sell a ton of houses mm-hmm. because Zillow has got to get their stock price back up and they will do anything to do that. Or guess what? Rich Barton is going to get fired because that's how it works when you're in the corporate world. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going to be making moves to uh, get themselves profitable and to get their stock up. Um, Zillow is the Google of real estate. Yes. So it's like whenever you talk about real estate, Zillow, it, that's it's ingrained in everyone right now. So it it is not going anywhere. Right. Like without without thinking about it, that's the automatic, that's it. Yeah. you know, yep. that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody puts their own address into Zillow mm-hmm. all the time. Just to see if that estimate changes. Do <laughs> any of your friends like come up to you and say, "Hey, guess what? My my price of my home went up one percent this week, according to Zillow." And you're like, "It's it's all funny money." But I, it's I mean, like this is what people do. Hey, you're if absolutely you like right. it, you like it, right? <laughs> once Saturday Night Live makes a right. fake commercial, I mean, it's no crystal clear gravy like they made back in the '90s. But once they make that, you guys, you might know what I'm talking about. I don't think Stacy does. But once once you hit that level, you can't buy that kind of exposure. So as long as the, I mean, there's always a plan B, C, and D with these companies. And, you know, this to me, I think we're going to look back on it and say, oh, it was a blip in the radar. It wasn't a big deal for him. And at the same time, this is the moment you wait for as an agent, like the people that position themselves to work with Zillow, because we've we've done it for over 10 years, right? I mean, I'm going to be very like, this is the moment we have been waiting for because they, they, they need realtors now more than they ever thought they did. So I'm with you, Stacey. I'm very excited about this. We've been like, we always joke around. I don't think it's joking around, but at the office, we say things like we've been training for this. Mm -hmm. This is literally what we've been training for because the influx is going to be so out of control. And then you're going to get the haters that come out and say, oh, well, you got to pay the flex fee and you got to do all these other things. Well, once you start adding those people to your database and you do a great job and then Sarah gets two referrals from them and you get two referrals from your client, that's how you scale a business. And you're doing it with the Google of real estate. I don't yeah. think I'd want another partner. Exactly. Yeah. If you're going to partner with somebody in real estate, definitely do it with Zillow because it is. It's going to be, yeah, the incoming uh, lead. There is that referral fee, but, you know, there's so much value around that. Like you said, you do a good job and that's what we strive for, you know, that that value service. And um, they're going to refer you out. They're going to send you to their friends or their family members. Who knows where the business, where it could take you. Absolutely. So that's what we strive for. And I mean, Zillow has had blips in the past. It's not like this is the first blip since they've come into existence. They they maneuver around it. They figure it out and they, they move forward. So I think um, that's what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's a great place to end the segment here. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're also going to talk about economic pessimism along with housing sales and how that's flowing throughout the year. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great local 816s and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. The real estate 15 seconds hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Stacey Mitchell here as well. And after our weekly Zillow segment, because that's what it's coming in, as much yep. as we joke about that, we talk about them every week. Um, and again, we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. Uh, there, there's been some interesting economic news that has come out. And uh, again, you can follow us on social. It's Facebook and YouTube. Uh, just Google Tom Tool sales group. The show is streaming live there. If you um, see there, there's been this kind of almost a, a juxtaposition, I hope I'm using the word right, of people's view of the housing market and the economy. And it's been two very different things. And there was an article that came out on Inman um, yesterday where it said that Americans confidence that the economy is on the right track is at its lowest level since 2013. And there's the increasingly negative consumer sentiment isn't affecting the housing market at all. I mean, literally like, and, and I, I, I would, I want to get your take on this and that's based on an analysis by economists at Fannie Mae that are accompanying the releasing of the, uh, their national housing survey or the home price sentiment index. It's an index based on six questions from a survey was only up one point in October to 75.75. And the monthly survey found that the 77% uh, of Americans think it's a good time to sell a home even though the economic sentiment is declining and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Are you ladies seeing the same thing? What do you think? Well, I think that for the most part, uh, right on with this um, survey here, 77% of Americans think it's a good time. Everybody thinks it's a great time to sell. Um, buyers, they're having, you know, they think it might not be such a great time to buy, although the interest rates are you know, still very, very low. 
And uh, it's just an inventory issue, but it's still a great time to buy because rents are increasing. So if it's probably cheaper to purchase a home uh, monthly than it would be to rent. So I would take probably out of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, and say you're it absolutely again. right. Yes, yes, it is cheaper yeah, to to uh, pay a monthly mortgage than it would be to pay somebody else's mortgage uh, via rent. Um, but I don't. I think people are very concerned about the economy in the sense that uh, they're seeing you know higher gas prices and food prices and things like that related to many different things. But the the home, the the real estate market is different. People have a different view of the real estate market that's not tied to the economy so much. And I think that goes back to when we were in the pandemic because the real estate market got us through the economy. It, it was the economy mm-hmm. during that time. So um, no I, think, question. I think people do view it completely separately. Right. And, um, you know, there's certainly a large portion there. I think it said only 30% um, of people out there were saying it's a good time to buy. But of those, 69% said that they would rather buy than rent. So while they know like, hey, it it could be, it's competitive out there. It's it's not a a buyer's market. They know that looking down the line at the future, it's going to continue to be a situation where there are more people out there that want to buy than um, there are houses available to buy. So that in and of itself is going to drive people to kind of look past some of these uh, you know, things that are that are going on that maybe aren't as favorable um, and kind of focus on the the pros, which, like you said, are the interest rates. Um, it's there's a lot of factors there that still make it a great time to be a buyer. Um, and you just kind of have to overlook um, some of the what could be perceived as negatives out there because this is going to be the situation for years to come. Well said. And what what, what I know is that, I mean, you look at some of these um, what, what consumers are saying around about the economy, because housing makes up 17% of the GDP. It's more than energy. So that that's a major component of, of the economic sentiment. Uh, but it, it, the economy, the, the share of uh, consumers who said they think the economy is on the right track fell by seven percentage points uh, d- during the time the survey was there. So and it's it's a it's a new high for the pandemic when they look at 65% of people think it's on the wrong track. And you, you mentioned high gas prices. Think about like ordering anything right now. You want to get a piece of furniture. You want to do something to your house, right? The cost of lumber. I mean, it's just, it's out of control. Gas price, it's up to over $4 a gallon. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I hate saying that, but I'm, I can't really do a whole lot to control that. But when you think about where you're going to put your money, are you going to put an addition on your house? Or are you going to cash out and buy another home at a historically low interest rate? A lot of people are making that decision right now. But su- supply chain to me is the, is the biggest issue here because, you, people can't get what they want. Like you can say, Hey, I want to buy something. You can't even get it. I mean, it, it, it's really a problem. So, you know, knowing that you know, real estate's almost immune here, what do you say to people that are worried about the economy? I mean, is it kind of the same thing? Like we just talked about, like, I mean, you're, you guys are in the, you ladies are in the trenches every day. Someone comes to you and says, Hey, Sarah, Hey, Stacy, I really want to buy a house. I'm just worried about the direction of the economy right now. How are you handling that concern and that question because it's legitimate right now. I mean, the economy is not doing the same as housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say who isn't <laughs> you know, like that is, that is a concern out there. Um, but what you have to look at is, um, 
the facts and and what we do know in this current moment. So while we can't predict what is going to happen to the economy in the future, we know what the current interest rates are. We know what the current inventory is. We know what your current options are. And you know what your motivation to sell, move, or stay are. So you kind of have to just take those different pieces and say, this is what we know now. And um, I don't know what's going to happen with the economy in the future. You have to uh, take what you have at hand. Mm-hmm. But using all that information that we do know, you know, take that and put it to your, use it to your advantage and get into your home, get into the home that you want or, you know, something that you want because it's going to pay off. It's really going to pay off because homes are still going to be appreciating. And so, and, and if the interest rates do start to tick up into next year, you're either going to get less home for more money, um, so now is the time because we do know where the interest rates are now. Uh, and if you get into next year and as a good example, and I have a case study. Um, I love case studies. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because this is real life stuff that happens mm-hmm. that people, you know, we're not talking in theory here. And that's what this show right. is about. This is real life in the trenches selling houses. Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. Um, so I had a buyer, got him into a home last year and it was X amount of dollars. And he's been there exactly almost a year. Uh, he decided that they need to relocate because based yes. on his job. They were concerned because they they knew that they, last year when they got into the home, they went over asking price on that house. So we sat down, had a consultation. They decided to, you know what, let's try it anyway. Let's see if we can at least break even, come out maybe a little bit ahead. So we listed their home, put it on the market. It is they got 16% over what they paid for it last year. So, and they, they're thrilled to death. Yeah. So they can now be able to relocate, still enjoy the low interest rates Mm -hmm. uh, that they had last year, maybe a little bit higher, but they're going to be able to get into a new house. um, And they, they didn't lose any money. Mm -hmm. So it's appreciated. So that's my case study on where the market is. And if you wait, you could be getting less house for more money. And if the interest rates go up, you're going to be paying more. Well, you bring up a great point there. And Sarah, you said this too, that we, we are not in the prediction business. Here's mm-hmm. what we know. Mm-hmm. Rates are guaranteed right now. They're not guaranteed come like January and February. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the upheaval in the political climate right now, the Fed's talking about doing some things at the, uh, you know, and, and maybe moving off their, their current rate policy. This is all speculation and we're not in the prediction business. We're in the what's the current reality business and what does that mean for people making big financial decisions? So all the economists out there, all the people that are paid to project these rates a lot more accurately than the three of us are, are saying rates are going to be in like the mid threes by you know six, seven, eight months from now. Like let's talk like June, July, right? So we did something and uh, I, we actually put together a, a, a calculator for our team to help people understand this because it costs money to wait. Mm-hmm. And with the way the, the economy is going, let's say your current budget's 400000 right? And that's about the average sale price in our marketplace. And uh, prices are expected to appreciate between 5 and 6% next year. And these are all coming from places like Keeping Current Matters and Fannie Mae and all, all the folks that are paid to predict this stuff. So in six months from now, let's say the market's up 3%, right? And rates are 3.5%. All of a sudden, your monthly mortgage payment, assuming you're putting 20% down, and, and right now rates are like three and an eighth. Your monthly mortgage payment went up $110, $109.25 to be exact, 
Plus, you're losing out on the equity you could have built. So your case study, Stacy, demonstrates this. This is really important. So all of a sudden, you're losing out on $2,000 a month in equity at that current appreciation rate. And let's say you're renting a property for $1,500 a month. So you know what happens when you pay rent? You pay, pay somebody, somebody else's, else's mortgage. mortage. Yes. It's good work. We should, I should have jinxed you. Um, <laughs> taxes, insurance, all yep. that stuff. So let's say it's $1,500 a month. So all of a sudden, when you do the math, it's costing $3,609.25 a month by not buying a home. Wow. So think about, wow. like, I mean, that, that's a lot of money, and that's way more than your payment's going to be. If you're putting 20% down, your principal and interest is $1,480 a month, whatever your taxes and insurance are, obviously. So, and that, that's at three and a half, not even the lower rate at three and an eighth. So what, what people aren't getting right now is that there is a cost to waiting. Now, obviously, inventory is a challenge, and there's things that people are, are still trying to figure out. But to that point, inventory, if you look at where it was in April versus what happened in, let's say, through the end of August, we saw increases in inventory anywhere from 15 to 44%. And more homes that are available. And we know the number of homes that sold uh, this year are up as well. So there's more homes that are selling. So it's about maybe connecting with the right agent that can get you into properties quickly. Uh, do you guys want to speak a little bit on that? I mean, am, am I off base here? Because I see more opportunities, but there's also more competition. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, I was also just going to go back and quickly touch on um, just the, the cost of waiting um, and how real of a thing that is. And when you break it out in the numbers like that, it does really show kind of bare bones, this is exactly exactly what it costs to wait, which can really speak to a lot of people. Um, I think it's easy when there is such, there's so much at stake when you're making most likely the biggest financial decision of your life to really want to time everything perfectly. And But as we've said quite a few times here, there's always going to be something going on in the future. There's always going to be some level of unpredictability. Um, even if it doesn't, the outcome isn't what you expect it to be and it's it's best case scenario, there's always going to be some level of of uncertainty. Um, and just with the appreciation and and what you can get for your home now and and waiting really is can be a huge mistake for some people and really beat them out of the home that they could have could have gotten into. How many times do you see someone like regret that they oh, I should have bid on that property yeah. or we oh, should have yeah. gone up like yes. another five or ten thousand dollars? Because I mean it's really like at three percent, I mean, you're talking about three dollars per thousand. It's like thirty bucks a month. It's a dollar a day to move up ten thousand in your mortgage amount. So, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, do you guys run into that a lot? I mean, because I know, mm -hmm. and I think some buyers have learned. And actually, I, I think of a couple people that I know you worked with and, and you've worked mm -hmm. with, where they kind of learn the second time around. And right. you know, it's a hard thing to go through when you're a consumer. Yeah, it's very difficult when you lose out and because you're. It could be over five thousand dollars, something, right. something where in the scheme of things, it's like I missed out on the house for five grand. Um, and they do learn; they do come back and and realize um, how to better their offers. But yeah, the opportunity is definitely there. Get with the right agent and um, look for homes that are on the market a little bit longer. That's where opportunity lies. It how much? Not, how much longer? It could be seven to 14 days. Well, that doesn't sound long, longer. though. I mean, that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So right. clarify that a little bit. I mm -hmm. think it's important to go deeper for the audience here. Mm -hmm. Well, the homes that are completely move-in ready and, and they just look like HGTV, you're definitely going to get multiple offers on those. Multiple, multiple offers. So it could be like a feeding frenzy. Um, if that's the case, then buyers better be prepared to come with their best and final. And that could be a multitude of things like paying the seller's uh, transfer tax, mm -hmm. you know, waiving every single inspection, waiving the mortgage contingency, whatever you have to do, you know, paying 
fifty to seventy five thousand over asking price. I mean, people go to those great lengths to get those houses. Um, but there, if there's homes that have a little chink, you know, some chinks in the armor, there they need a little fixing, some painting, like they have the seventies wallpaper, whatever. They're cosmetic, simple fixes. Uh, that's where opportunity lies. That's where I find the opportunity. And if buyers are willing to do put some sweat equity into the home, they're going to get a great home. And they, guess what? They might not have to waive the inspections. They might not have to go that far over asking price. There still will be multiple offers, but um, there's better chance that they're going to get their offer accepted. So how do you coach them through that? And and Sarah, feel free to chat. Some buyers, I mean, they walk into a house, looks like they're, I mean, they, they've never seen a house before, right? <laughs> I mean, this this is, this. and there's probably someone listening that's gone through this and thought the house was, you know, they walk into a grandmom house, which might be in great shape. Yep from a condition standpoint, but needs like a little bit of a facelift. So how, how do you talk people through that? Because we never really get to this part. It's like, oh, keep an open mind. But like, what, what's the conversation like? And before we get into that, this is exactly how we train our people. So if you're thinking about getting into real estate, check out realestatescholarshipprogram.com. We'll take care of you. But how are you doing this before we break here? Like what conversations are you both having? So I think it depends on um, your client. So in some cases, I think that they need to lose out on that move-in ready um, house that they're only willing to go so high on their offer and yada, yada, and they have to like learn from their mistake. Um, And then if they're only, you know, wanting to see homes that are at that level, maybe being like, listen, like we can look at that, but I'm also going to show you this one and I want you to keep an open mind. And then just being positive about it when you walk in. Because it's it's easy to walk in and have like some cosmetic things that really can be overcome very easily and completely transform the look of the house. I mean, sometimes it is just wallpaper and paint. Sometimes it's opening up like a wall, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to help them. Like if you know, well, they want an open floor plan and they want this and that. And again, we're not like engineers. So you can't just walk in and say, knock out all these walls and it's fine. But, um, you know, helping them have a little bit of vision and giving them some options for um, what the potential of the house could be and how that, you know, could then really fit into uh, where they need to be with their price point and their timeline and, um, you know, kind of just helping them get a vision of it when maybe at first they can't see that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Love that. So when you go into uh, like one of these 70s, 80s, what you said, grandma houses, <laughs> uh, the first thing I do is if I know I'm going into that, I send over the seller's disclosure. I'm going to dive deep into the seller's disclosure. When were the windows updated? How about the heater, the roof, the da, the da. So get a feel of how well maintained the home was because a lot of these homes have been extremely well maintained. It's just that they haven't been cosmetically updated which again, to Sarah's point, I mean, that's the that's the more easy stuff mm-hmm. than trying to put in, you know, a new HVAC or the roof is going to cost 15000 So if you can check off when things have been updated and at least get those positives out there, well, this home really is in great shape. Structurally, it's sound. You know, it's in great shape. The windows have been updated in the past five years and the roof and the heating system then you can just move into, look, a little bit of paint, you know, a little bit of ripping up those shag carpets because you know there's hard wood underneath the floors. We don't know what they're going to look mm-hmm. like, but, you know, there's yeah. some wood under there. And kitchens can always be remodeled uh, over the course of a couple of years. So, and bathrooms too. That's the easier things to do. Um, I think once my clients have a better understanding of that, then they're more open-minded. 
and they're more willing to to look at those types of houses. Right. And to your point there, when you have a home where the same uh, homeowners have had that for 40, 50 years, yep. they've taken pride in that home. They've maintained that home. It might not be like the prettiest and the most updated, but it's it's been well-maintained and they they know the ins and outs of that home versus a house that maybe has sold every five years and somebody's done an update here and an yeah, update there. Yeah. Yes. And then you don't really know exactly what's going on. And each buyer to the next, you know, you're filling out your seller's disclosure and stuff, but you're going to get probably a more detailed um, report from somebody who's really been in that home for a long time and has mm-hmm. taken pride in it and, you know, wanted to stay there as long as they did. Agreed. 100%. And you get to make it look the way you want, which I think right. a lot of is lost on a lot of people. I mean, and, and you know, there's value in that because you want to live there and, and, you know, the home's an investment, but it's also like you're going to be living there and it's, there's better investments in buying a home. Obviously, this is a key to wealth building. I don't want to minimize that, but if you're just solely looking to make money, buying a house to live in probably isn't the best bet. So you want to enjoy while you're living there. And that's really the point. Love it. That, that is great stuff. Nick, like this is what all the agents should be looking at right now. So however we need to highlight this, let's do it. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about Veterans Day and VA loans and the misconception behind them, because these two ladies have a lot of experience working with them. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. 15 seconds. If you considered a career in real estate, do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team. Stand by. Sales group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And we are streaming the show on Facebook and YouTube. Just Google Tom Tool Sales Group with Nick Wolf behind the camera. So we got like 10 minutes left here. Veterans Day is coming up. It's on Thursday. And we also work with Veterans United. We have a we have a partnership with them. We've helped a lot of vets, specifically you two. And you guys have been in it since the beginning. So what I wanted to talk about, there was an interesting article that came out on Housing Wire, and I thought it was super relevant. It came out today, actually, that um, there's a lot of people, and I know, I know you have seen this, so I want to kind of talk about it and dispel these misconceptions that 
when you get an offer on a home and it's got VA financing, that it's going to be a problem for the seller. I think that's the misconception. It's am, am I off base here? Or, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing some yeses. Um, so, you know, a lot of times to me, that means like the appraisal is going to be a problem. They got to do repairs. The person's not qualified or not as well qualified. Talk a little bit about that because I know both of you have gotten VA offers accepted. I've gotten VA offers accepted. However, it wasn't in 2020 and 2021. So a little different climate. How do you deal with those misconceptions? Because veterans deserve to own homes too. And this is a great program because I certainly haven't served our country. These people did and they should be rewarded. Right. So I think um, like a lot of what this article talked about was the importance of education and everyone knowing um, what went, what goes into a VA loan and that it, it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. In fact, it can be less risky than other loan types. Um, and, um, you know, just making sure to, to reach out and, and make sure that everybody involved knows that just because this is a VA loan doesn't mean that we are in any way less qualified. It's just structured a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also, cause you do see a lot when you're looking through, um, different homes that are on the market that will sp like specifically say, you know, cash or conventional only. Yes. And, um, I mean, you anyone is welcome to still put in an offer. So even if that is not your loan type and you're a VA loan, you still can go and and submit your offer. Um, but I think it's just important to really, you know, let the the listing side know, like, this is a qualified buyer. We are a serious buyer. And this is how we can make this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, some listing agents don't have a lot of experience working with a lender that um, is utilizing the the VA um, financing. And it is, it's just another tool. It's another uh, financial, financial product um, that is, it's out there for our veterans because they get 100% financing with no PMI. Well, also like they have to travel out of the country to go serve the country and right. can't make as much money as other people. And I think that's right. lost on a lot of these folks. Keep right. going. So the benefit to the veterans is, is tremendous. Um, because they get a hundred percent financing. So there's the, I think the thing with the, the misconception about a VA loan, it would be that they're not as well qualified, you know, it's risky mm -hmm. and the appraisers come out and, you know, they look for all these things wrong with the house. That's not what I have experienced. Of course, there are some requirements like, you know, they look for chipped paint, safety issues, basically, because veterans are going to be going into the home. They don't want them to have to do um, any extra work uh, to the house that could be a safety issue. It's not um, anything major. But again, these things can all be worked through. I've had great success in getting many, many veterans under contract and into their homes, which to me has been so satisfying to see these veterans get into their homes. I had a veteran that was living in a hotel and we got him into his first home. Brutal. And it's expensive. It's it's super expensive because he was working his, you know, what off. And most of it was he was paying to live in this hotel. So for him to take advantage of the the or not even to take advantage, but to have the benefit of the VA loan um, and to get into a home, it it's just to see him that happy to have his first home. It was amazing. So I think you just have to educate the listing side, the listing agent, explain to them if they don't have experience with the VA um the VA lending process. Explain to me, it's really not that much different. Um, just this last week, I was able to help a veteran get under contract 
uh, with a, an amazing home. And it was in a multiple offer situation. So, um, and they, they were very competitive. It's not like they don't have money to put down. They do. And um, they were able to put a great earnest deposit, which they can recoup, you know, because it is 100% financing. Um, it's just, I think that folks should not be afraid when they see a VA uh, in the mortgage contingency, if it's a VA loan, um, definitely learn more about it, embrace the opportunity. And um, it's actually a pleasure working. I love working with veterans. Right. And I mean, if they, if, if it's somebody that qualifies and can use the VA loan type with interest rates being what they are, why would they not? You know, it's, um, it's a good opportunity for them. And as far as the appraisal point goes, I mean, you can structure your offer to say, you know, if they're worried that it's going to appraise too low or whatever, they may have cash that they can put down to then go, Mm -hmm. go over on. And I mean, I had one not too long ago where the only thing that really came back for what needed to be done in the house was there was not a handrail going down to the basement. That was like, you know, that could be a UNO. um, And that could have come up in a UNO thing anyway. And it was like easy peasy to just get that handrail put in. It didn't hold everything up. It didn't tie everything up. Um, and it was same thing. It was great being able to to get this individual into his home. I, I love what you said there, that it comes up on use and occupancy inspections. So if you guys don't know what that is, that's typically like the township or the municipality or the city or, or whatever. So what I did real quickly, and then I, I think we got to wrap it up here, is I pulled up on veteranunites.com the list of the minimum property requirements because that's what the appraisal's for. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a residential property. The home must have adequate living space. You're probably not buying it if that's not the case. Mechanical systems must be usable and safe. Heating must be adequate, which if your heating's not adequate, you got an insurance problem, by the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, water availability, again, uh, roof must be adequate. Basement and crawl spaces must be problem-free, you know, dry, clear of debris, properly vented. Um, property access is something they check for. No health or safety hazards. Like, so they, they, the first one is nuclear waste that they mentioned in here, which I mean, again, don't buy the house if it's got <laughs> nuclear waste. Yeah. That's not like putting like extra high standards out there. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, that was, that's pretty funny. Um, no defective construction, uh, termites, lead paint. I've never seen a home with lead paint ever. And we live in an area where it did exist. So it's not really an exhaustive list. That's what they kind of go through and check on. And a lot of times it's either going to come up in the inspection or it's going to, like you said, come up in the township or the municipality inspection. So, you know, I, with the last you know minute we got here, so, someone says to you, Hey, I don't like a VA loan. How do you answer it? 30 seconds each go. Well, I'd ask them why first. Okay. And, and then they would tell me why. And I would dispel all the myths there. Oh, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, I would would be like, did you have a bad experience? What happened? And maybe explain some wins that we've had and how smooth the process can be if everybody's on the same page, knows what to expect and knows what to do next. Mm -hmm. The the third thing I would say we want to do there, so I I love your two questions is, hey, let me get the lender to talk to you and explain this to you because I think that's that's an underutilized tactic by a lot of agents because sometimes people are questioning the financial requirement or uh, qualifications, let alone this sort of thing. And I know in many cases, the lenders we work with, they've called and helped close the sale for our buyers. So that's another great resource to use. So le- lesson here is it's Veterans Day on Thursday. Don't get VA financing mixed up with some sort of cockamamie type of loan, like an FHA 203K or something like that. It's a great cause, a great program. And the people that are applying for these loans certainly deserve it. So 
on that note, we're going to take a wrap up here. If you want to follow Sarah and Stacy, you want to follow Sarah. She's at Ty underscore Ty time, T Y underscore T Y T I M E on Instagram. Stacy is at the number two Mitchco two M I T C H C O. You can follow me at Tom tool three R D at Tom tool. The third we're streaming live on Facebook and Instagram or not Instagram. Actually, maybe Instagram next week. We're looking into it um, as well as YouTube. <laughs> Uh, just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. You got a question for the show. The email is info at tooltimeradio.com. Again, this is Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.